Hi, you are listening to Mobile Couch, and this is episode number 86. It nearly went into like the long spiel from that we used to have. Oh, well, that would have been bad. It would have just been long. And then I've been like, now nah, this, this is, is the ben. new modern tight. Yeah. You know? Where we don't say each other's names, Ben. Yeah, we do, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are home. Well, I am home. You are currently not at home, but you are home in the you know, larger sense of the word. Mm. And we're home from Dub Dub from WWDC 2016. And what a week it was. I don't even know if I'm awake right now. Yeah, jet lag is kind of killer, isn't it? It's the worst. I swear, it, it is worse coming home than it is going there. Like, a lot of people are like, Jelly, it is the worst when you go west. West? No, east. east. It's worse when you go east and it's, you know, it, than it is when you go west. But I reckon for us, at least, when you're traveling to the US, it's worse going coming home than it is going there. So, the way it works is when you travel east, it forces you to... Like, theoretically, it should be that you can't go to sleep. Yep. And when you travel west, it means that you struggle to stay awake. Yep. But I think what happens is, because we go to Dub Dub and don't sleep anyway... <laughs> <laughs> By the time we you get home, we're like, you don't, Exactly. Yeah. You don't notice the lack of sleep. I mean, the lack of the ability to sleep. And yep. then when we come home, we're so sleep-deprived, on top of the fact that... We're also jet-lagged. We're also jet-lagged, that it's just this overwhelmingly strong, i got to sleep now. It's 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Did you get sick when you come home? came home this year? No, I survived. I, two years ago, I did. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of sick through the conference. Like, I mm-hmm. had, I was kind of feeling nauseous and stuff. I, I don't even know why. So, by the time I got home, I think I was over it. Yeah. Which is great. Like, I, I was just tired when I got home, which was nice. So, I thought I was going to get a flu. Like, when I was leaving, I'm like, I'm on the edge of getting a cold here. Yeah. And then it never eventuated, which was good. Yeah, that's good. So, the first day, I was like, I'm still on the edge here. I can feel I could drop over a cliff any moment now. But, you know, I held on. Held on. Held on to the edge of the cliff. Stuck yeah. to it. So, nice. that rock climbing is paying off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of my exercising <laughs> bringing bring donuts to my mouth and stuff you know, doing curls curls yeah <laughs> my biceps are amazing yeah so you attended this year dub dub mm-hmm. and i attended layers did you actually go to altconf at all i know you've not been to altconf in the past no not this year it's 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 interesting that you know these kind of secondary conferences have popped up that run alongside dub dub it's kind of cool I, well, there's I just like, yeah. so many people in town that come yeah like before they existed i guess there were a lot of people coming to town just for the because everyone else is in town so yeah it makes sense to try and take advantage of that so you went to altconf last year so mm-hmm. 2015 what did you, what did you think it was great yeah i um was actually really tempted this year not to even buy a dub dub ticket and then i ended up doing it but i think it like cemented the fact that next year i'm not doing it Next year, I am not buying a ticket. Probably still go to San Francisco. Because I just find myself watching some sessions, but nowhere near enough. And I did go to quite a few labs. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, like, I just enjoy sitting at one of the tables that they put out and trying out the new stuff yep. instead of going to sessions. And, like, I could do that without a ticket that I paid a lot of money for. Hmm. So I feel like the ticket would be better used on someone else. So I went to, I went to Layers this year. Layers is not a programming conference. It's a design conference, yeah, kind of. Kind, like, of, kind right? of, right. It's not like you have to be a designer to go there. Yeah, you don't. And, I mean, I am kind of a little bit of a designer, so I could kind of, you know, I, I straddle the fence, I guess. Mm. And I think it was great. And a lot of the, lot of the talks had more meaning than just, you know, a designer would get. I have come away from it thinking, like, you know, next year I, I will really struggle deciding whether or not I want to 
go there or go to Dub Dub. Mm. Dub Dub has the labs, as you mentioned, and I think that's possibly, especially now, is that's possibly like the only thing it's got going for it, really. And really fast internet. And really fast internet. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't have that much trouble with internet this year. Like, okay, it was it was not as bad as some of the like well the previous time that I went. Mm. But like the labs, that's probably the most kind of beneficial thing that you could go to yeah. Dub Dub for. Like you can get fast internet at home. Uh, yeah, and you can watch all of the sessions at home because they didn't just they streamed every single session this year. Yeah. and all of the videos are available, including the lunchtime sessions. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, the videos, for whatever reason, came out slower than last year. Yeah. But they were all live streamed, which yeah. wasn't the best for Australia, but it's pretty good for the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it kind of, uh, it's it's still a good thing. Like, I I, th- I think that, you know, the ability to watch, like, most of those sessions, not just what when you're in San Francisco, but if mm. you're outside of San Francisco, and even later, like, it's good now being able to catch up on yeah. all the stuff and, you know, just get a... Oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to write a thingy app. Um, I'm going to, you know, do this extension. I just want to get like an overview and you just watch the video at like 2x speed or something. Yeah. But the labs, I think, are the most important thing yep. that Dub Dub offers that you have to be there for. And if I and even choose then, to go there, I think that's what I'll, why. Even then, these days, a lot of the engineers are on Twitter and yep. seem to happily reply to questions. So yeah, it's happening more Even and more. the labs, I had mixed results at the labs this year. Hmm. So previous years, it's just been amazing. In one previous year, I took a bug to the lab and the engineer was like, oh, I work on that. Opened his laptop and fixed it. That's the height of my that's lab. The, that's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the peak lab. Yeah. yeah. And then this year I had one where, so this is probably the lowest point of my lab experience. So the new Xcode automated tool, not tool, provisioning, signing thingy. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we've re-engineered it. It's just going to work now. And I think everyone was like... <laughs> There's no way it's there just going to no work. Way, yep. <laughs> I, I watched the session for that last yeah. night. It was. I, I, I'm still, still very, very uh, cautious. About yeah. So okay. So stuff. I was like, all right, I'll try it out on a brand new project. If it can't get this right, there's yep. no hope. Yeah. So I started a new project, and I wanted it to sign it with my own team, I guess. Yeah. And I'm a member of a lot of teams, which I think is one of the reasons it breaks down. But anyway, so the first step, I'm like, I'll choose automatic. My name is in the list of teams twice which I later found out why. But anyway, it's like, which one do I choose? There's two of me there. Yep. Because, you know, the company ones have the company name and then there's yep. two Ben Trengroves. And I was like, what? I, I'm signed up to two different uh, developer accounts. Yeah, okay. And so I was like, all right, I'll just pick one. Yeah. And then it's, it's a brand new project. So it has UI tests and unit tests. It shows a different team. I mean, a different certificate for each of those targets. Yep. And I was like, well, that didn't work. Um, so I decided to take that to the lab. And of course, when I opened my laptop in the lab, it magically worked, (laughs) which was the engineer was like, yeah, I thought that would happen. That's how it always is. And I'm like, all right, I'll try manual mode instead. Because, you you know, these fancy automated tools, you always want to be able to fall back to just doing it yourself if it doesn't work. Yeah. Even manual mode didn't work. So manual mode, they've done something nice to try and be nice. They only show you the the certificates and profiles it thinks are relevant. Yeah. Except the one that was correct wasn't in the list. And so... The engineer was just like, yeah, something's wrong there. And I'm like, yep. Yep. Sure looks like it. And she's like, "Mm." (laughs) mmm. And I was like, okay, thanks for your help. Thanks. (laughs) See ya. Useless. Well, I mean, hopefully that will feed back into Xcode. Yeah, it is only beta one. In in beta. Because that's an important thing to note. Like, it's still mm. first the first seed, right? It's, you know, it's... We're going to see quite a few uh, releases of the beta before we actually get, you know, Xcode yeah. 8 proper. But yeah, so first impression of brand new code signing that just <laughs> <Not> works. great. <laughs> Very poor. It, it just <laughs> works like 
33% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, I think I think my lowest, well, I mean, I I think the lowest kind of point for a lab that I ever went to was that I took, I went with some kind of collection view stuff mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, this, this is what I want, I'm trying to achieve and this is how I'm trying to achieve it. Like, do you, do you think this is good? And they went, you should go and watch the session. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you for your insightful help. Yeah. And did the session help? No. Yeah. You should have gone back to the lab then. I should have, but. <laughs> By the time too I late. got to watch the session, it was too yeah. late. Also, the I take it that was a UI kit lab. Yeah, that I, lab yeah. was super popular. Apparently, <laughs> the line was this like year, yeah, the, round the, the was crazy. round the corner or something. Oh, man, yeah, I, the, and the thing is, is that I, I I think the way that I would attack labs these days is the same way that I attack like radars, like you know, create mm. a project, so create a simple project with just the problem, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that I wanted to go to labs this year, even though I didn't get to because no ticket. But I would have taken my radars and been like, "Hey, this like see this problem? Like, can can we you know work out a way to fix this?" Mm. One cool tip I did learn is instead of a sample project these days, playgrounds have gotten to the point where a lot of the bugs you can show in a playground yeah, instead, that's cool. yeah, which is much less overhead than like making a whole project and having to code sign it, yeah. and all of that jazz. So. Mm. Well, that was that was cool. So I I think that I would have trouble. Like you know, labs are kind of useful, kind of in you know when they when they work the way that they're supposed to. But layers was really good. If you don't get a ticket to Dub Dub next year, mm-hmm. for, if you decide not to get one, or if you don't win the lottery or whatever reason, I really suggest that you go. You, you consider layers. Like I I really do. Like as yeah. as first choice, not as like oh I didn't get a ticket. Layers was really good, and it covered a lot of things. That are important, especially for people who create their own stuff or yeah. or even just kind of work on a whole project, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the stuff was kind of from the viewpoint of a designer. At least one talk was like about the copy that you write and writing good copy and stuff like that. I mean, it didn't really go into, well, you choose these words and these words are good. Like, that's not really how that like those talks were approached, but it was really kind of seeing how people kind of do it in their own work how these people have done it was really kind of inspiring in the same way that you know we are all inspired now to file radars yep. it was that sort of you know really inspiring thing of like oh you know they've done a really good job there maybe i can have a look at the the code that i'm like the, the stuff that i'm writing the stuff that i'm producing and maybe i can kind of polish that a bit more and it was really hands on layers was super hands on i tied knots yeah and like i knots. saw people drawing emojis that looked cool yeah we drew emojis uh, with the people from parakeet and oh, yep. yeah tied knots and did dancing like we were taught how to like dance with our hips and stuff like cool. and it was all kind of like this kind of stuff to get you thinking about the actual content of the talk which was really interesting and i think it's i think it's worth going to plus well, they have snacks you know yeah, they have great I the snacks. snacks were really good they had like fancy fairy floss yeah, we did not have that at Moscone. We had Moscone food, which was as bad as always. <laughs> About the same as it always has been. Um, yeah. But in saying that, though, I would recommend you consider AltConf, which mm-hmm. is free, which is crazy. Yep. I kind of wanted to go to some of those talks this year, but I never made it across. But last year, the talks they have are like really good. You know, like some of the best in the industry talking. Yep. The best, I guess, outside of Apple. Um, so I definitely recommend that. And cool. also the keynote stream last year, I enjoyed more than the the keynote, like being in Moscone. So yeah, well, I mean, you went to the keynote this year, and I went to a mm-hmm. stream at the Twitter headquarters. And I feel bad for anybody who tried to go to the stream at uh, at LinkedIn, LinkedIn, because yeah. LinkedIn, like the that morning, were like, "Yep, we're canceling it because we got bought by Microsoft." 
but the whole like the streaming experience was was really nice. Like, I yeah, mean, we I had a decent good, eh? seat, and you can see the screen, and you get close ups of the people and stuff like that. And you know, we were fed breakfast. Yep, and I got a Twitter T shirt, like mm-hmm. I got some swag, and you know, they were it was a really cool experience. So the keynote for Dub Dub this year was very different. Yep. At least the experience of going to the keynote. So yep. this year they changed the venue on us to Bill Graham. That's right. Yeah. Overall, I think it was a good move. So here's here's why. So it was really different. Normally what happens at Moscone is, and it's been getting worse and worse the previous few years, people hear what time people queued up the previous year. Yeah. And they and try and beat that. So I this was my sixth dub dub, which is actually quite a lot. So my first year, it was considered extreme to line up around the four o'clock mark. Like four o'clock, the keynote's at 10. So that's still a long time. Yeah. That was considered like, wow, you are keen. These days, the super keen people are there at midnight, or at least last year. So 2 a.m. is kind of considered normal. (laughs) Midnight is considered wow. So midnight's probably front row, not front row of the keynote, front row of the line. So the line goes around the block and by the end goes around the block more than once. So first bit, before you've turned a corner, is about midnight. And then about 2 a.m., you'll be just around the corner, but still a pretty good spot. Um, So this year, they switched the venue, and it sounded like everyone was going to get a seat because the venue was way bigger. So that that was the reason the queue got out of hand is because there's not enough room in Presidio for everyone at the conference to go to the keynote. And so everybody wants to to go in Mm. because how else are you going to watch the keynote? And so, yeah, like yeah, everybody's like lining up at crazy times to be able to get in. Yeah. But Bill Graham is apparently big enough for everyone. So it was like everyone's going to get bigger. a seat. Yeah. It was way bigger. Yeah. From, um, the, from the video, it was huge. And the other thing was they had organized queuing, which was good and bad. So when we got there, you know, there was the obvious Apple security guards that you had to show your badge to, which kind of let you into the square outside of Bill Graham. Yep. The first thing we walked through was food. So previously you stand outside for ages and then you get led into Moscone. And while you're running to not lose your spot in the queue, because those hallways are so wide, you kind of grab some food on the way. Yep. Which this year, the food was the first thing you got. So you grab some food and you go line up. And they had places to line up, like a big zigzag. And there were multiple groups. So like the first group was right out the front. And then the second group was off to the side. And we made the third group. And so I'd say the queuing was actually worse because... Really? Yeah. So it's way better in general because it means you... I'm going to say it now. Queuing is over. There is zero point to queue up. If you got there before nine, you're crazy. We got there at eight and that was too early. So people still got there at midnight. Like Yeah. People still went and queued because they were still zero to point. Get there. Yeah. So Well, I walked past it. Like I, I remember you waving at me. I walked yeah. past the keynote line because I was just like, Oh, I want to go and gawk at these people. And I walked past it like maybe eight, maybe yeah. maybe eight thirty. We lined up at about eight. And so. there was no like there was no reason to. Uh, it, it felt like there was no reason to to even bother because I mean you're going to get in and you're going to get a pretty decent yeah. seat anyway. It's a huge auditorium. The only thing that lining up gets you is like maybe you get th- through the door first. Like yeah, yeah, first. So the queuing was actually worse because in previous years you could kind of walk around and find all your friends and chat to them for a bit and then go rejoin the queue where you were. Right. Whereas now you're in a big zigzag. Yeah. You can't really you leave. You can't really. And you kind of got to get through a crowd and people are being like, oh, you're yeah. cutting. Why are you cutting? Exactly. Yeah. And that sucks. But I don't think it matters because queuing is, is over. Like it should be Which over is, anyway. It, that's I, I think that's important because that's like I mean if if everybody can get in then then everybody can get in and you don't need to queue yeah. which means that you can there are really like, have no actual sleep bad seats okay there are a couple of bad seats that end up behind a pillar but you would have to be late like to end up in one of those yeah so yeah next year I think I'm going to line up at nine 
they let people in around 9.30, so. Yeah. Yeah, and that's if I buy a ticket, which I probably won't. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably seriously consider it. Like now we're, getting, we're seeing a lot of companies put on streaming sessions mm. and Apple is actually, like, allowing, allowing it, making it, yeah. making it a, a thing. So, I like, it, it seems reasonable to be able to, like, if you if you want to skip that altogether to go to a streaming event, even though, even though there are like, uh, you know, you're able to get in. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I, th- I think that's one of the great things about dub dub is that it's starting to become more kind of widespread, which is yeah. kind of weird, um, to say, but it makes, uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. There are so many people in town for the event that these, all these things are popping up to contribute to, you know, those people's weeks so that they've actually got things to do and, you know, they've actually got, you know, places to be. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a huge, you know, huge boon for the whole kind of conference and for the developer community overall. Yeah. So Bill Graham wasn't the only thing that changed about DubDub. So there was a lot of stuff that changed internally as well. So they rejigged the layout of the place and they did a great job at it. So yep. previously all the labs were in the, I guess, the basement room. It's like level one, but it kind of feels like a basement. It's very concrete and Where they provide lunch. And yeah, they, where you get they lunch. They used to have the download center in there as well. Exactly. So there is still room to download in there. Um, they reduced the lunch area and they, they've moved the um, appointment labs. So some labs require an appointment, which is the design lab, the app store team, and this year the accessibility team. Yep. So those appointment labs are now on the top floor. So they made Presidio a bit smaller, which is fine. Well, um, especially if they're not going to have like the keynote and stuff in there. Yeah. They've made more room upstairs for what they called lounges, which were really good, a great addition. Like there's nice places to sit and download things if you want or just chat with your friends. Yep. Um, the other thing they changed was appointment labs are now, rather than having to go and line up at 7 a.m. and hope you get a spot, they open online at 7 a.m., yeah. which is an improvement, but I heard it still wasn't great. So it was basically like the old days of trying to get a dub dub ticket. <laughs> now it's like trying to get a design lab yeah. ticket where you log in with multiple browsers at 7 a.m. going, refresh, <laughs> refresh, refresh. <laughs> yeah. No, um, so I think fun. design lab should probably fall back to lottery as well. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah, like, so this was definitely the best dub dub in terms of an actual conference I've been to, whether or not the content was better or worse than previous years, I'm not sure. But yeah, just the conference experience, best one yet. So let's talk a little bit about some of the content, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that came out of Dub Dub. Because we, a, a few weeks ago, we did an episode uh, about like what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about what we actually got. Yep. So I, we won't go into too much detail, I don't think, because, I mean, you know, we're starting to get we're to our half, we're yep. halfway point uh, of the episode. So I just want to cover things a bit on mm-hmm. a bit of a light touch. Um, and we'll go into some of the details for these. I think in the in the future, as we kind of um, you know do full episodes on on the actual like how to implement them and stuff like that. Yeah. So wait, first thing, did you think it was a good batch of stuff we got, or did you think it was pretty mediocre? I'm actually really excited, and the reason why I'm excited is because there are so many extension endpoints now. Yeah. Um. They are, they they basically doubled the the number of extensions that. Yeah, you, I think you there's 19 write. now. Um and uh. I heard it said that, you know, now we're creating experiences and not apps. And I really like that as well, Um, you know, because, you know, it used to be that we were creating like these, you know, containers and those containers just did their own thing. And maybe you'd like copy and paste out of the, out of there, or you'd like, you know, write to a web service or something like that. And that was just kind of, that's what Mm. your app did. And so you had, you know, that was the way that apps were. And they were amazing. Like we were able to do amazing things with those, but the extension stuff is actually really cool and really exciting to be able to use 
because it means that not only are your apps able to do things outside of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, you can have a share extension in a different app. And so, you know, that app can post to your service or whatever. But now you can kind of, you can, ha- your app can appear in multiple places, like, and not just in an app. So one of the examples is like the today widget extension thing which now also, as of iOS 10, appears when you 3D touch the icon on your home screen, you get like a widget, which is super cool. You know, that opens up a lot of opportunities for providing, you know, content and not just like a list of, you know, here are things that I think that might be cool for you to be able to do, but, you know, like an actual, you know, UI for, you know, as an example, I I was considering, you know, the possibility that I might open something up for gift wrapped. So you 3D touch the icon and you get like a gallery of the most recent gifts that you've yeah like shared or something that you can swipe through and you know choose the one that you want yeah which wouldn't have made sense in a today view but it makes now sense it makes sense here. so the today view itself is also way better i've got the beta installed and i find myself actually using actually using it, it? that's yeah. cool because it's in a different yeah, so you swipe, way. Swipe right on the lock screen. Yeah, so much better. So much better. Yeah. I also find myself using 3D Touch for the first time. Like, oh, wow. I don't know why. I was just the biggest hater of it. I was like, it's a gimmick. Like, this is useless in iOS 9. But just in iOS 10, just naturally, I've just started using it. I And it took me a couple of days to realize that's what I was doing. So you get a message on the lock screen now, and I 3D Touch it because it brings up the... Basically means you can reply on the lock screen. Hmm. And I do that all the time. It's the, it's that's the, the first thing that you just yeah. do. Yeah, that's cool. So, well done. Well done, Apple. You tricked me into actually liking it. <laughs> yeah, you tricked me into using a feature. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the things that we got this year um, was Siri. Like, we expected this. We kind of expected that we would be able to interact with Siri, and we got the opportunity to interact with Siri. And it was pretty much how we thought it would be. Very I, I was down. super excited. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, this is all on device. This, and that's what I said in the episode that we did. And that's pretty much how it turned out to be. And it was locked down to particular categories. You said yeah. that on either here or topical or I, both. Yeah. One uh, or the other. One or the other. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's locked down to like audio and video calling, uh, messaging, payments, searching photos randomly, uh, workouts and ride booking. Yeah. And... You really can't do anything outside of those things unless you use them euphemistically. Yeah. Like book Hey book, Siri, book a ride in gift wrapped for me that has a laughing <laughs> Well, I was see I was thinking like book, book a, a laughing like ride. book a ride on on Tinder or something like yeah. you know, something. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Any but yeah, you, it, like that's really the only way No that you innuendo that intended there. <laughs> Maybe there was. Who knows? So uh, I don't know, like you know, the, it's it's kind of interesting that you know, you basically set up i think it's just like one extension endpoint too to, to run these yeah. things because you just basically say I, I you know i i allowed this kind of you know interaction and uh then you basically have so one or the other of a ui or a non-ui kind of en- yep. intense endpoint which are kind of like actually i i mean they kind of come across like the action extension stuff where yep. you can have you can have UI or not have UI, and basically the non-UI one just does something. Like yeah. It's just the response. Like, I do this thing and it's done. Uh, whereas the UI one, you can kind of, like, present something and maybe they can draw on it or something. And the same sort of thing it works with Siri, right? So yeah. you can provide, like, a, you know, little view that comes up in the actual, like, interface of Siri. Or you can just do something with yeah. the inter- with stuff that you get back. It actually sounds super Android-y, and it even has the same name. So on Android, you register for Intense. Yeah. Just in general, like nothing to do with Google now or anything, just 
just it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it cool. makes sense. Familiar, it makes sense. Yeah, it I makes like sense. It. And the, the the interesting thing about it is that, and the reason why it's so locked down to well, like what you can do with it is because of the way that it's set up. You don't get a string of just like whatever the user said. Yeah, which kind of is good. Like, oh, I think it totally that's a good makes thing. It makes sense. sense. Like otherwise, you'd have to deal with localization. Exactly. And stuff. Like it seems it seems like at first you just want Siri to talk to you and tell yeah. you what the user said, but that's definitely not what you want. Like no. you want Siri to handle all the different ways the a user can say that sentence and all the different languages like coding that would be a nightmare yep so they've done it right i i, I, I agree i think they've done and done, we'll get more it'll open up like it'll start supporting more intense and more generalized ones and yeah and i think the the important thing to, to like consider here is that all of the stuff that they like well most of the stuff because apple doesn't really provide ride booking but uh, most of the stuff that you can hey, they do. They did buy out a, well, they've made a huge investment in a Chinese well, ride car, booking. Apple car. Apple car. Uh, and, um, Apple car confirmed. Uh, you know, all of the things that they've provided are things that Siri has already been able to do with the first party stuff. So it makes sense that they've already been kind of, you know, they, they kind of have opened up stuff that they already know works. And I, I think we'll get more and more as the, as, you know, time goes on. One thing on the ride sharing, just kind of unrelated. I found it really funny in the keynote where the first, I guess, ride-sharing demo to come up on screen was Lyft. Yep. And then Twitter kind of went nuts with, oh, Apple made a huge investment in, I don't actually remember the name of the company, Chinese ride-sharing company. Yep. Poor Uber, Uber's dead, blah, 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 because the Chinese company owns a bit of Lyft. So they're like, now they're obviously promoting Lyft. Yep. And then like Uber appeared like three more times in the keynote. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. And they were all silent. Like they were like, I predicted this would happen. Like, <laughs> Uber and Apple are dead. Nah, get out, pundits. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. I yeah, I I mean, I I like the way that this is going. It makes sense. You mm. get an object back which has like you know, which represents the intent of what mm-hmm. the user has requested, as opposed to as opposed to like here's what the user said. Just you know, kind of do with it what you want and. I think we'll see that open up more and more and more as Apple kind of figures out how to kind of generalize that in a way, yep. you know, because I mean, otherwise they're going to have like thousands of classes for every possible thing that you could possibly, you could do with with Siri. I think that they're approaching it in the correct way and no doubt we'll see, we'll see that, you know, expand as the, as the days go on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So the other thing that, uh, that we got was messages apps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're actually really cool. They so are really cool. I watched a bit of the session yep. and then got like, I don't know if it was excited, but I was just like inspired. Inspired. Yeah. 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 I was like, I left the session because I wanted to go give it a go, which was, turns out a bad mistake because then I got literally up to a point where I was like, man, how do you do this? <laughs> turns out it was like a minute after where I left. After where you left. But anyway, yeah. um, they're, they're really good. They are a little buggy at the moment, but I think it's just the beta. So yep. the first time you open one, you sit there for probably a good thirty seconds before it it opens. They are slow. They were slow in the in like the presentations and stuff when they it's would like load up. It's like the new the new third party keyboard. Yeah, and there's no indication that it is loading. Like it just looks like a it's white just screen. White. Yeah, and then eventually, then suddenly your content appears, which is super weird. Um, the other thing is while you're developing, which can be a bit confusing, is it seems like it snapshots the view. So if you've run it before, instead of a white screen, you get a previous snapshot. But it can make it look like when you're developing that it hasn't loaded your next version because you know you've right. made a change. Yeah, you just have to wait. Like just yeah, sit just there and wait, wait, and it it comes right. Um, but anyway, they're basically just real apps. So I I made tic tac toe for iMessage. Look out for it on the App Store. I'm going to be huge. It's the next big thing. I, I have a name for you. Yeah? Mel, Mel came up with a name for you. Yeah. Are you ready for it? Yeah. 
tic-tac-text. Brilliant, man. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. I told, I told Mel I, was, I would tell you, so here it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm pretty much a millionaire now. I've already like bought three houses <laughs> in anticipation, in anticipation of, my, yeah, of your yeah. payday. Yeah, nice. But anyway, it's just like they're real apps. So it's just a view controller that runs in the messages app. You have to support two sizes, so compact and regular size. And basically, you construct a message object. Uh, you have to encode your data in a URL, which seems a bit weird at first, but it makes sense. And they recommend if your data can't be encoded in a URL, you just encode like some sort of ID and then hit some cloud service with that ID. Yep. Which sounds like how they did exactly how they did Game Center. So, yeah, and you send it off, and then the person can tap that message, and it opens your app, and you unencode the data. And it's backwards compatible by one version of iOS. Or, I mean, it's what? not now. It is. It's backwards. Well, it's kind of. I miss the Japs. Yeah. So I totally missed that. People, yeah, in the, in well, it was in the session. It was after you left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, I miss the Japs work like backwards of like one version. So, or at least you can receive them if you're back on iOS 9 or on How? El Capitan. I, I think it's just because it's an image and they get a URL. And so, yeah, but one you of the can't things, reply, right? No, I don't. You can't run the app. Okay. Like, you yeah, can only receive yeah. the app. So, that people can sense. see the content yeah and it makes sense because that way you can still get like things like stickers and all that yeah so so when you send your message you um you don't really get to control the actual message what you provide is an image a url a title and a subtitle yep um and so that's what they probably just rendered they probably just rendered that and uh, like you you send like a url so like they i think they suggest that you if it's a if it's your like that you yeah. have an endpoint that they can view that on the like on tap the web. that on yeah yeah and so like and that makes it so that you can like see them see it on all the different platforms mm. because i mean even that, even without backwards compatibility you can only use uh messages apps on ios yeah at this point there's no watch os there's no mac os exactly yeah so you know that you know you've got to provide a decent experience for for those users as well yeah i really i think it's a like really big thing and i think we're going to see a lot of really cool iMessage apps like really cool oh, yeah. turn-based gaming turn-based gaming uh you know stuff where you're doing a little bit of like just like small collaborations yeah i was thinking earlier today like it'd be super cool to have like a little game where you can draw one line and then that's sent to the other person they draw a line that's awesome so you try yeah. to draw a picture together like that would like that sort of collaborative turn-based kind of thing would Man, be, you should make that cool. i reckon i mr japs are going to be huge they they're at least going to get a week of like mega sales oh yeah mega sales and also apple will promote the heck out of them because yeah. uh because you know that's the big thing it's this new year, shiny yeah even more so than Siri, I think. Like they'll yeah. promote the heck out of out of messages. I mean, apps. it has its own app store, so they have to feature things in there. Yep. But I, I I guarantee you that in the regular app store, if you have an app in there and you've also implemented a messages app, which you can do, you can. Mm-hmm. So you can either have it so that you can implement just the messages app and there's no container yeah. app and so it just appears in the messages app store mm-hmm. or you can have it inside of your regular app. So I could you know provide yeah, it's a just another extension. app and I guarantee you that if you are there, you know, in time, uh they will they will do something to promote your app, which is super cool. Yeah. 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 What else was there? Did we get? So I pretty much got what I wanted with Xcode. Right, Xcode. There was a lot of cooler stuff in Xcode. So the Xcode was really good because it all seemed like improvements rather than last year we gave you a 3D scene editor. <laughs> this year, 5D. 
<laughs> I guess that would be an improvement. So I just broke my own rule. But anyway, like it didn't seem like they added anything crazy. Well, they like, did things add, just got better. So they did add like the the uh, the runtime issues stuff. Oh, that's just like, but that that's is, awesome. Like, like that's amazing, that's and that is an everyone huge improvement to yeah. everybody's experience as opposed to the. The one person who makes a like, yeah. scene kit app. <laughs> and, and more importantly, makes that scene kit app in Xcode as yeah. opposed to the millennia of other tools that are out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I very much approve of the, the visual uh, the visual kind of um, memory debugger. Yeah, the memory debugger <sighs> just looks brilliant. Like, I literally used to do that stuff on paper where I would write out my objects and draw the lines between them and go, I found the cycle! Either that or I would go down instruments counting retains and releases. <sighs> yeah, counting. The counting. I, I, I'd have to, like, you know, do it on, like, paper and be like, okay, let's add one. Let's add one. Yeah. Just minus one, add one. Exactly. Hang on, did I miss that? Let's go back a few. Uh, yep. Yep. So the memory debugger just looks amazing. They also improved working with size classes. So now we get a fancy blue bar down the bottom. Mm. So you can basically tick the things you want, like constrained width, regular height, or whatever. I can't remember the names. Yep. And it shows you the devices that that runs That's, on. That supports, yep, that support that, yep. And then if you want to say, like, I only want to do it for these particular devices, that bar changes to blue to say, like, you're editing just a certain set of size classes and it won't go to the rest. Yep. Which is great for anyone who's ever run into the problem of you've set up all your constraints and realized you only did it for iPhone 4S or something. Because they used to have, what they used to have is that god awful, like, nine thing grid. Exactly. uh, Which had no, like, made, had no kind of relevance to the devices that you were actually running on. Um, other than the fact that you know you're regular or compact uh, or any, yep, and those, yeah, you'd have to like think like uh, iPhone iPhone six is regular or compact when it's in. No, that's the six plus. So I'm not, so yeah. You know, now it, it shows you, and now it shows you, which is so much better. I will say. So there's a talk on it. The talk's good. The funny thing in the talk though is the presenter says. Oh, my designer has said he wants to make this font size 36 just on iPads. And I'm like, cool, no worries. So that's, what is an iPad? Like regular? Regular, regular, I think. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, and he does it all and he's like, oh, but I've still got a six plus in landscape. That's a bit annoying. So now I can just do this, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, this is such a hack. Like, why can't I just pick iPad? Like, yeah. I still think they should just add you should more s- options to the... Yeah, I, like, I, I think, I mean, size classes have been very useful in a lot of ways, but I, I still think that the iPad and the iPhone should be treated somewhat differently because yeah. even when you're using a 6 Plus, and I use one all the time, so this, you know, I, I have some, some you know, uh, weight in what I say, it's not the same as using an iPad at all, even like a mini. Yeah. Like it's a different experience totally. So you should be able to choose those set differently. In, and I mean, it, it works. It just, yeah. Like they show you a way to do it, but it's just like, why can't I just tick a box to Next say year. iPad? <laughs> just go the way of Android. Like on Android, you can provide a different layout for almost anything. Like yep. here's a layout for devices that support Bluetooth. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think you should be able to choose from the different devices on in, in mm. that interface that makes... So much sense. File a radar. People, everybody file radars right now. Like, just, yeah. just pause, go file a so, radar. We'll wait. I think that makes a good segue into us complaining about radar. So we complained about radar in the episode and hope to see some improvements. Yep. I'm going to say we saw none. We didn't see anything. There was so, nothing. And in fact... They, they mentioned it in one of the talks. Yeah. So there was a, a like defense of radar. Oh, God. It was terrible. Honestly. Oh, this is like the, the 
the core data thing from last year. There yeah. was an episode, uh, and we talked about it on the show. Like there was an episode was like, here's why you should use core data. Please, please, like, and it was basically please use it. It was like we we do we put a lot of effort into it. It's like, well, I mean, none of the reasons that you've given, which is basically just like begging. Uh, like actually have you know convinced me and in fact i might actually go and use this now because that doesn't sound good yeah and it sounds like the same thing has happened with radar so basically i can't actually remember what session it was in it was like i think it's developing best practices yeah which was not the best session to be honest the presenter was great but the content was like not the best anyway yep. we won't go into that but so it started with the defense of radar and he goes sometimes radar can seem like a black hole <laughs> The first thing I did when I went to Apple was look up some of my own radars and I was amazed to discover some of them had traction. And I was like, that's awful. So that's only, not a good experience. Only some of them ever got traction and you had no idea which ones until you worked there. Like yeah. I was like, this is the worst defensive no, radar so, I've it's ever It's so heard. bad. And then he's like, and sometimes you put in all this effort to a sample project just to get marked as a duplicate. But... You don't know that. It could have been your duplicate that helped us solve it and was like, then why not tell us that? Yeah. Why not say, thanks, you solved it with your sample project? Yeah. No, it, that's, that is exactly right. And that is like the major problem with, with, uh, with Radar. And it's definitely not like if you are an Apple developer and you work at Apple, mm-hmm. which you would be if you were an Apple <laughs> developer, uh, if you work at Apple and you're a developer and you see radars and uh, you know, and you are like, yeah, no, radar is amazing. It really is helpful to oh, you. Like, I totally understand. You know, it is helpful totally for Totally understand, right? And like, you know, do not get us wrong. Anytime that we are complaining about something that you you are, you might be working on, that's not a complaint against you. Out here is a lot different to in there. And with with radar especially, like radar really does feel like a black hole. And I've said this before, I might as well light my, you know, light my issues on fire and just toss them into a giant hole in the earth. Like it makes yeah. It makes all the same difference to me for a lot of the things that I, you know, post radars for because I still have radars in there from like three years ago that have not even been replied to. They've not been marked as duplicates. They're just there. They're just sitting there doing nothing. Mm. And I know that that's the same experience that other developers have. You know, even worse, you know, some developers have radars sitting there that have had nothing for several, like many multitudes of years. Yeah. And that's not good. That's terrible. And it's part of the reason why, like, why the radar usage immediately post dub dub it like goes way yeah. up. I filed eight so far, and then it just kind of drops off because like all the developers go, well, I've just filed, you know, like you know, ten I will radars say, and nothing. They, they do seem to get looked at post dub dub. Um, so I filed eight. Five of them so far have been marked as duplicates. Which was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I really am like, I, I would like to see at some point this year, this year, next year, I don't care when, just do something with radar, make radar more accessible for developers. I, we don't need to see all of your commits. We don't need to see all of the conversations that go on. We just need some sort of feedback, something, anything. Like somebody joked to me. It might as well just be like a, a, a get, like a static GIF that tells you if it's been read. I'm like, that's an improvement. Fine, like yeah. anything at this point, it would be amazing to just be able to see that. Yes, somebody has seen that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's enough though. So basically, yeah, we didn't get anything on that front. And yeah. in fact, it's broken on iOS 10. Although it's it seems to be fixed again. But you log into the website and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Fun. I hope well, they bring back. So, um, I, I, iTunes Connect is terrible on an iPhone. Have you yeah, ever tried to use true. that? It's nuts. 
But what even is responsive development? Who knows? Um, iOS 9 beta had a like native radar bug reporter thing. That's right. I remember I that. they bring that back. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Because I have been filing my... I'm running the beta of iOS 10. I have been filing my bugs. Yep. They do get marked as duplicate. But I kind of feel like that's okay because they're not developer bugs. They're like, this crashes if you do this and... Yeah. yeah, you don't have to create a sample project for that. Exactly. Yeah, they ask for a crash report, which I kind of figure is fair enough because I oh, know when funny. I'm you trying to, find, you have to dig that out. Yeah, I know when I'm trying to solve crashes without a crash report, it's like, no, nah, this is impossible. This guy's crazy. <laughs> you can get you can get crash reports on your iOS device. Did you know that you don't have to like sync to iTunes? I didn't know that until How the other day. Oh, of course, I did know that, but so I never realized. Settings. Hang yeah. on. Let me see if I can find it. You go into settings. I know that's that that. I think it's, it's privacy. Yeah, it, it is privacy. You go it into shows privacy, you what it's sending. and then you go to diagnostics and usage, and then you go to diagnostic and usage data, and then you have a ton of crash reports that are like you know listed by first of all name and then date and then yeah. time, and you go in there and it's just like well, I mean, this is a JSON. This is this one's JSON. I don't know how that works. Hmm. But you get the crash report like you would see in other in other stuff. The only downside is that then you have to like select all of that. I was going like, to ask about that text selection and then uh, copy and paste. Like, why not just put like a share extension thing in there and just let me like post yeah. it out to anything I want? But uh, still, you can get them without having to sync to iTunes, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. That is cool. Hmm. That's very cool. So the beta. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're kind of we're get, I think we're getting to the end. So, but you're running the beta. I'm not because mm-hmm. you know I'm like actually smart and want to be able to use my phone. Crazy, I know. Here's to the crazy ones. <laughs> Someone made that joke to me. I'm like, that's brilliant. You are the, you are one of the crazy ones. Yeah, how, I broke my is... own rules. Like I never one of the iOS betas you couldn't make calls from. Yeah, and after that, I was like, I am never installing an early beta again. But yep. this year, I was like, I was really excited. iMessage apps. Like, they just look like so much cool stuff to play with. So I'm like, yep. I'm doing it. Who cares? I had another phone in my bag. So that's why I wasn't too worried. I was like, if it all goes wrong, I'll just use an Android phone. It's great. It's the best round one beta I think they've ever done. Really? Yeah. So it's really solid. It's actually usable. I mean, sure, there are bugs, but it's beta one. I mean, obviously, there will be bugs. So I'll tell you the things that aren't working, and then people out there can decide whether or not they really need that feature. Yep. Number one, Facebook crashes a lot i think there's one type of post that is crashing right well i mean that doesn't matter so it's, that, it's only facebook nobody yeah. uses facebook they'll probably fix it server side mm. any day now I, yeah i yeah. keep thinking yeah um but apart from that third-party apps seem to be really good it seems to be stricter on memory warnings because i'm seeing a lot of apps crash when they try to do something that would have been memory intense so say okay. you tried to open a huge gif i haven't actually tried this but i would guess it might crash now it won't because uh, the way that I run GIFs now is that I only load parts of the GIF at a time. Pro. Mm. So you're covered. So I mm. think they're stricter on memory now. That is just a hunch. Like that is not official. Yep. Camera is kind of broken. So the camera app itself works fine. Yep. Trying to launch camera from another app. So say you were like in Messenger and you wanted to send a picture. Very high chance of crash there. Yeah, okay. Um, swiping swiping left on the lock screen or right? No, sorry, right. So I got it around the wrong way before. Oh, see, so you swipe right, but it pulls left. Okay. Yeah, so Either one, way. on one side is the camera. Yeah. Swiping left, so pulling from the right is the camera. That crashes like 75% of the time. Right. Yeah, I, I have tried that. I've got, I have the beta on like my old 5S. Mm-hmm. Five, well, just 5, actually. It's not even a 5S. And I think, I don't know. Did it work? Yeah, it works. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, 
the camera, there's something weird happening with camera, and I think it has something to do with orientation. Except it wigs me out that when I try to swipe back, like it's actually just changing the type of camera that I'm using. That is weird. I, I feel like that should be like if I swipe from yeah. back, if I swipe back, it should go back to the lock screen. Yeah, but that's not how it works. I have to like press the. Home I reckon button. that might change. File radar. File radar. <laughs> oh, those kind of ones never get looked at. Like the ones that this design is wrong. It's like whatever. Anyway, iMessage itself works really well with people who have iOS 10. Yes. The problem is, if you do anything special at all, it doesn't send. So if you try and send a sticker to someone on iOS 9, the message won't go through, which is like, that's fair enough. But the one I ran into just yesterday, which probably isn't fair enough for a beta, is now I can't send URLs to people. So if you try and send a URL, it does the fancy new rendering thing where it tries to give you a preview of that URL. Yep. But then it won't send it because it can only send only, yeah. fancy iMessage things to other people with fancy iMessage. Which is kind of dumb. Like they it should be done on I am URLs. I'm hundred percent sure that will be fixed by the end of this beta. But I'm just yeah. mean for beta one and I mean the, that is a problem. Like and as you said, you can't send anything to somebody who isn't on iOS ten yet. Like because mm. you know, but which is which will change because as we have mentioned, sending stuff, you know, is going to be supported backwards, like um by by one version, one major version at least. Yeah, so and at the moment it, it just kind of fails. Like I, the first thing I was like, I was like, sit down, send myself some stickers. Like, does that work? And yeah. no, it doesn't. It just fails to send. Yeah, which was that's weird. right. Mm. Apart from that, I can't think of anything that's like majorly stopping me from using my phone. Pretty much everything is working. Okay, I can make calls fine. Which I guess for all the betas, having the new call extension meant it was a high chance that calls would be broken. Yep. So so far, I can make calls. I can receive calls. I can receive messages fine. So yeah, everything is working. I'm actually glad I upgraded. And some of the things are really useful, like the new Today extension view. I'm finding myself actually using it and wanting apps to do well in there. Yep. So it's funny, like some of the extensions I had installed in iOS 9, I've now removed because they're not supporting, which is fair enough. Like <laughs> the beta's only just come out, but I've removed them now because they don't support the compact. There's two views for a Today yeah, extension yeah, there, yeah. Yep, yep. compact and extended. Yep. So. I've removed a couple because they don't look good on my fancy new Today screen. Um, and I'm, I will reinstall them when they get upgraded. Yeah. So yeah, do it. Just everyone install the beta, basically. Well, I mean, it is important to note that apparently, my understanding is that you can backwards, like you can go back, you can roll back I to iOS 9. You, all you have to do is just restore. I can't remember where I heard that. I, I saw it on so Twitter. Annoyed. I definitely saw it on Twitter and I definitely heard, I feel like I heard it in a talk, but I don't, I don't remember. The other thing you can do, which helps. So if um, you've got projects coming out before October, yep. you're like, oh, I can't upgrade my phone because I need to be able to test on device, yep. which is totally fair enough. You can drag the device support for iOS 10 from the Xcode 8 beta into the device support folder for Xcode 7 point whatever it is. Yep. Oh, nice. So you can run... Then you can run, run your iOS 9 apps on your iOS, iOS 10, 10 phone. Device. Yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah, like and that it. works fine. Like, So I did that the first day because I realized like, oh, everything I'm releasing, I can't make the assumption it's going to come out after October. So I'm still, you know, having to use the old stuff. The old stuff, yeah. So, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's good. Is there, is there something that we can link to for, for how to do that? Nope, but it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you... I would just tell you how to do it. You open up Xcode package. So, you know, right click on it, go show package contents. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think the folder is developer device support. And then there's a folder there for iOS. You'll see them all there in mm. your Xcode package. There's mm -hmm. one for iOS 10. Mm -hmm. Find the same folder in the Xcode 7 point whatever version. Yep. And copy it across. Okay, that makes That's sense. It. That's it. And easy. then it just works. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's nothing else to it. I'm sure there is an article for it, but... Probably somewhere. And like you can... 
even just opening the Xcode package, you can guess your way to the right folder. Like, it's pretty obvious. Hmm. Like, I didn't know where it was, but I found it first go. So, I think that's it. Like, that's pretty much it. Mm. It's a lot of stuff. We'll delve into stuff in more detail as the weeks kind of go on. Yeah. I know that you are quite excited to um, do a Messages app, even though yeah. that's kind of my thing. Nah, man. Oh! <laughs> Don't know if this will go on the show. Um, there's a built-in gift search, gift yeah, search thing. That. Yeah, You've been Sherlocked, bro. Nah. <laughs> nah, that's all the gift keyboards that have been Sherlocked. I provide your own library, which is important. Well done. Yep. Mm, that is good. That's my, that's my thing. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that's it. If you would like to read any stuff that we talked about. So, I'll, I mean, some of the stuff, some of the new features, they have kind of like, um, you know, the overview pages and stuff like that, which I'll link to. And you can, that kind of gives you more direction to go to. Um, we'll link to some stuff like that. If you want to get in touch with us, tell us your favorite thing that came out of uh, out of Dub Dub this year, or maybe you went to one of the alt confs yep. or layers, and uh, you know, send us you know what? Why did you go to those? What did you like? And um, also for all the people who did get in contact while we were at the heck yeah at the conference, like so many people this year, I got like, more than ever. People came up and were like, "Hey, I listened to Mobile Couch, and it was so so awesome to yeah. like to hear like that." That I mean, it's so weird, but it makes our day. Like we're so excited to be able yeah. to like you know we love doing the show, we love talking to you, and we love kind of being a part of your development work. And uh, it was really exciting to be able to like hear back from you and you know and meet people and. Uh, take selfies and take selfies. It was so cool, so cool. Yeah. So thanks to all those people. Yeah, thanks. It was amazing. So jump on our website and uh, all of our detail, like all of the details for what you needed there. Um, or you can talk to us individually. We're on Twitter. Ben is Ben Trengrove, B E N T R E N G R O V E, and I am Jelly Bean Soup. Thank you to our patrons who continue to be amazing. Every like they just, you just, I don't know, they just keep seem to get more amazing. Mm. Is that, do, do you notice that? Like, yeah, kind of more. definitely. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're really appreciative of our patrons who, you know, support the show, provide us with the, you know, the cash money that makes it possible to continue hosting and sending out the show, distributing the show. Um, if you'd like to be a patron, you can jump onto our website. And uh, did I mention the website? It's mobilecouch.co. Um, and you, you can be a, become a patron and help support the show and you know make it make sure that it continues into the future. Yep. And that is all. That is all. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.